up, nerds? ESPN Plus, the ESPN You won't see a team play worse than my team played yesterday. The New York Jets' performance yesterday was an embarrassment. You, you hire somebody that doesn't even understand what an SC Trojan is all about. Like, stop! Hi, I'm Brian Barnhart, voice of the Fighting Illini, and this is your home for Fighting Illini Sports. 98.9, the game. And now, broadcasting live and local, from the 98.9 The Game Studios in Effingham, Illinois, it's the starting lineup with Travis Sparks. Larry Bird, the Hick from Salt Lick. Yeah, Hick from French Lick. Whatever. It's the starting lineup. What's up, people? I told you that I was going to be searching for the uh, St. Patrick's Day music. Only a couple of days left. What's happening, people, here on this uh, Wednesday? And it is Wednesday. You know what that means. It is March 15th, 2023. The sun is shining. It's 50-some degrees outside. And uh, Travis Sparks here with the uh, starting lineup. And as you can tell from uh, my atmosphere around here i've waited uh, just to be a full disclosure i have waited uh, until the uh, biggest news happened uh, today i uh, saw that yesterday on social media pat mcavee announced that aaron Rodgers would be having aaron Rodgers wednesday and uh, so i awaited the uh, news and it is happening how are we feeling out there bears fans just live quick reactions though why <laughs> The Wicked Witch of the West is appearing to be gone. It's only a matter of time until the ink is on the paper. And I can just see the wheels, smoke coming out of the screen behind me on ESPN Radio. The live reactions that's happening over there. And live reactions that's going to be happening for the day, bub. What's happening, people? If you, uh, well... You're listening to this. You already know uh, what Aaron Rodgers has said on a patch show, but uh, I'll get into it coming up here in uh, just a little bit. But also, there's some local sports that I need to uh, touch up on as we got some high school baseball opening day yesterday and softball as well opening up. I have some scores and stats to report from that. Of course, the NCAA tournament of Kind of officially kicked off last night for the first four games as it was Texas A&M Corpus Christi getting the win over SEMO last night. I'll tell you and recap how my entertainment went from last night. Spoiler alert, not well. But uh, we'll take a look at those games as well as the other first four games that's happening uh, tonight. And uh, then uh, we'll hit up on, of course, I have got to reveal my brackets as I revealed the South yesterday. So I got to reveal the East and Midwest portions of the uh, bracket so we can save the uh, West for tomorrow. And that's, of course, where the uh, Fighting Illini will be in. Uh, hey, you won't want to miss it. 3.30 tomorrow. It is March Madness, and it's Illinois versus Arkansas over on 98.9 the game. 2.30 will begin the uh, pregame show. 
and we'll have coverage for you there. And we'll also be back on the air as Eric should be. Uh, well, Eric's probably not going to be with me uh, tomorrow. I just uh, remember that he's coming back to work tomorrow, but uh, he'll be away from the station. Uh, so uh, I'll be back on the air uh, tomorrow on a 98.9 The Game in a short little show. Well, five minutes short uh, as uh, Cardinal Spring Training Baseball is going to kick me off uh, five minutes uh, short. But, uh, so that's uh, really quickly right here at the top what's going on. Also, uh, the rest of the national sports, NBA, NHL, World Baseball Classic. Also, there was uh, some news that happened late last night about uh, the uh, um, whole discussion of Bally Sports and their uh, networks, the people that own them, uh, filing for a bankruptcy. I'll hit up on that as well as there was some news that's happening in the golf world that uh, may be affecting the uh, pro tour. won't affect us amateurs, but... Uh, it's kind of something weird, so I'll get into that, but maybe I'll save it a little bit later for Eric uh, to return, but uh, that's all coming up here on uh, today's show here, and we appreciate you joining us here on the uh, podcast, only me here today once again, and uh, don't forget, get those brackets in as uh, join our bracket challenge on ESPN, the starting lineup 989, and you can also go to our website, fmradio.com, and go on the local sports tab, and we got a link directly to join our group and see how you stack up against Eric and I and you can just see how far this Illinois homer has Illinois because it is scary how far I could get the fighting Illini but uh, you can the only way you can find out uh, my picks well are coming up on the show and also by uh, joining the bracket challenge and see how you stack up against Eric and I for bragging rights for that. All right, so let's just jump right into it. And again, the biggest news of the day just a moments ago on the Pat McAfee show, uh, Aaron Rodgers, it was Aaron Rodgers Wednesday, and he had talked about, well, at first I thought that they were just going to troll us and uh, him talking about soccer and why it was the greatest sport in the world. But they later got into the interview. They were just setting things up and whatnot. And the big news that came out of there that is basically done. He said, well, I'm not here to announce anything. My mind's already made up. And the decision has been made days ago. And uh, so it's all about uh, figuring out what sort of compensation there is between uh, the Packers and the Jets. Because Aaron Rodgers has said today that he intends to play for the New York Jets. It's all about uh, the Jets and the Packers working out some sort of compensation package uh, for them. He talked about uh, the uh, darkness retreat and how uh, things changed with the Packers when he was in there and how much he reflected on the times of. He actually said that when he went into the darkness retreat that he was 90% retired when he went into uh, the darkness. And uh, so he spent a few days contemplating uh, both what would life be like retired and what would life be like if he had come back to play. And he just felt like the Packers had moved on from him during that time and are looking to shop him, look to get rid of him. Do you blame him at all? But at least it looks like it is somewhat official there. Uh, he did blatantly flat out say 
that uh, it's only a matter of time before they work out the compensation, but uh, he, that he met with the New York Jets and he fully intends on playing for the New York Jets. It's all about the details getting worked out and hired out. So I ask you, Bears fans, how are you feeling today that you no longer have to deal with this man in your lives? I don't know if the Jets play the Bears this uh, this upcoming season, but, oh, man, it is over. The Aaron Rodgers era in uh, Green Bay appears to be over, and he's headed to the big city of New York, even though they don't play in New York play New Jersey in the shadows of New York City. Uh, I'm sure more and more stuff will uh, come out uh, later today, but that is definitely uh, the uh, biggest news that they came out there from the Pat McAfee show that Aaron Rodgers intends to play for the New York Jets this upcoming uh, season. It's all about the details being hashed out. So uh, we'll wait to see what those details are and uh, what happens in uh, that aspect. But uh, that is the biggest news story of the day. Uh, for sure, that's going to get a lot of sports radio shows talked about here today. All right, so uh, that is the biggest news of the day. But uh, the big news yesterday from local sports that high school baseball and uh, softball, they're officially underway. As I know they're supposed to start on Monday, but uh, due to some cold temps and the weather the way it was, it didn't end up happening for some teams. And some teams are still waiting uh, to find out when they'll be able to play. But They'll play later on today, but let's take a look at uh, some high school baseball and a softball that happened yesterday, and you can find this on our local sports tab. I have the results up there for you on the website, and in high school baseball yesterday leading off, it was Tatopolis picking up the opening day win as they got the 7-1 victory over Neoga. Tatopoulos uh, broke things open there in the fifth inning with four runs, and uh, then uh, that he just continued the scoring. Two runs in the sixth, one in the seventh. Uh, Nioga's lone run came in the sixth inning, scored on an error, and uh, Nioga only got one hit in the game, so the shoes were firing on all cylinders right out of the gates on the mound. Ben Geckner gets the win. He went three innings. He didn't give up a hit or a run. He has struck out seven batters while walking a three. Uh, Ethan Taylor, he came in in, four, in two and a third innings, and he struck out four batters. And Connor Holscher also pitched in relief as well. And uh, on the other side of four, Nioga Reynolds gets hit with the loss. He has one in a third innings, three hits, two earned runs, two Ks, and a three walks as well. As well at the plate. Led uh, by uh, Evan Waldoff for the shoes. He had a home run and four RBIs. He was also three for four at the plate. And Taylor and Holscher, while coming in relief, they also picked up RBIs at the plate as well. So Tatopoulos getting the opening day of victory uh, there in Neoga yesterday. Also didn't start out well for NTC teams all across the board, uh, pretty much, except for Windsor's two straws, I think. Uh, but uh, Lawrenceville, they defeated North Clay to start off the season, a 6-2-5. Shelbyville, they uh, shut out Brownstown St. Elmo pretty good. I know I had that uh, switched around on the website, but it is definitely corrected now. Shelbyville, they shut out Brownstown 8 to nothing, and uh, only one runner reached on base for uh, Brownstown in the game, and that was on an air. Bratchbill was dealing on the mound for the Rams. Seven innings, no runs, no hits, 20 strikeouts. Yes, 
20 Ks and no walks as well. So what a, a game there by Bill for Shelbyville. Uh, offensively, they picked up runs in the first, second, and fourth. And they also picked up a couple of runs in the fifth and three more in the uh, sixth. Wyatt Stein, they... Our White Stein picked up the loss for Brownstown. He went three innings, giving up three hits, two earned runs, uh, two Ks, and two walks as well. And no Brownstown players picked up a hit in that one. So, wow, what a game on opening day for Bratchville and Shelbyville. Winches Two Straws also uh, threw in a, a nice uh, game offensively. Uh, they 10 run ruled uh, Tri-County, 10 to 2 and nothing. So this game only lasted six innings. Winsley Straws scored four in the fourth and sixth in the sixth for their 10 runs. Uh, Gurgle and Rinker both had a couple RBIs. Cheney, Weatherall, Morris, Manhart, and uh, Jordan Whitberg all had RBIs for the Hatchets as well. And Austin Wittenberg got the win on the mound. He went three innings, only giving up one hit and striking out five batters. Said that everyone seemed to fall in the NTC. Well, Oakwood, they defeated Dietrich by the final of 6-1. to one. Uh, Oakwood got a couple runs in the first, second, and seventh innings. Uh, the lone maroon run came in the second inning on an error. Uh, Nieberg, takes the loss on the mound. He goes four innings, two hits, four runs. Two of those were earned. Six Ks, but seven walks. So a Dietrich falls to 0-1 on the spring. Newton, they picked up the victory 8-2. to two. Newton scored a couple runs in the first inning, one in the third, and in the fourth as well, and also piled on for four in the uh, sixth inning. Uh, Reynolds led the way for the Eagles at the plate as he drove in four batters. And Reach, Flowers, Gear, and Balzil, they all had RBIs as well. And uh, so... Uh, D, or Newton picking up the win over Flora in their first game. And Inhorn got the win on the mound. He went five innings, couple runs, three hits, five walks, but six strikeouts. It's Marshall all over Heritage, 20 to nothing. Mount Carmel also a big winner over Oblong Palhut, 11 to 1. And Casey, they shut out Edwards County, 4 to nothing. And Argenta picks up the win over Central AM, 7 to 1. An opening day of high school baseball yesterday so excited a little chilly yesterday but excited to have the uh, baseball and the softball players back out there on the uh, diamonds for sure in a softball yesterday on opening day for these teams carlisle they defeated altamont 11 to nothing uh, carlisle got a couple runs in the third five in the fourth two in the fifth and uh, the uh, sixth to finish things off there uh, piercy only picked up the uh, lone hit for altamont in the loss. It was Marshall 13-2-1 over Dietrich. Marshall got a couple runs in the first, three in the second, four in the fourth, and a fifth. Uh, Maroons run came in the bottom of the first on a global triple there in the loss. North Clay, they picked up the big one over St. Elmo Brownstown, a 16-2-1. Mo Hans was mowing him down there at the at the uh, in the batter circle and also at the plate as well. We love pitchers that can rake as well. Uh, she went four innings, only giving up a hit, one run, five walks, but nine strikeouts in the circle for North Clay, Clay City, and also drove in five RBIs as well at the plate. Uh, Cartwright also had uh, 
three doubles and five RBIs as well. So between two girls, they picked up 10 RBIs each. So not a bad first game for North Clay at all. It was South Central over Oblong Powhut, 10 to nothing. And South Central got four runs in the third, a three in the fifth. Uh, Webster picked up the uh, win in the circle. She went all five innings, one hit, one walk, and 13 strikeouts. Uh, Reed, she led the way at the dish. She had three RBIs. Kyra Swift had two RBIs as well. And uh, Jalen Michael had an RBI and a home run as well. Newton, they defeated Flora 13-2-1. Newton picked up runs in the first, three in the second, two in the third, three in the fourth, four in the fifth. Big day there for the Eagles out of the uh, play. Uh, Kessler and Odell led the way there. They drove in three runners each, Stanley and Fritchell. They both had a couple RBIs, and Fritchell went deep in this one as well. Coker gets the win in the circle. She went three innings, didn't give up a hit, and struck out three batters as well. It was Mount Carmel all over Wayne City, 21 to nothing. Paris was also uh, strong against Tri-County, 17 to nothing. How about this to start off the season? A no-hitter, a legit seven-inning no-hitter at that. Seven innings for Peyton Smith and uh, Kipper. Goes uh, four RBIs as well. Actually, I don't know if that was a f- a five five inning no hitter or a seven inning no hitter. I didn't really see the line. I just saw that on uh, their Twitter page that uh, she threw a new hitter. Uh, Kimper uh, she drove in a four runs as well. Casey also defeated Edwards County nine to one, and a Tuscola and Westville was supposed to play yesterday, but that game got canceled. And so uh, that was it uh, from yesterday. We do have some action for today as Altamont, they added a game against Nokomis, so they'll be playing later on this afternoon. Casey is at Calneric Beecher City. South Central is hosting Sullivan and Dietrich at Lawrenceville. Marshall at Robinson. Paris at South Fork. Newton is hosting Fairfield in a makeup game from Monday, I believe. And Moreau Forsyth is at Tuscola, and FEM is taking on Mascuda. That's all they're going to all the way down in Edwardsville on the campus of SIUE. There for the Hearts and Indians, I believe, is Mascuda's mascot. And in softball, Dietrich travels to uh, Cumberland. Uh, Casey hosting a uh, Sullivan, and uh, Mount Carmel is at Carmine White County. So. I uh, like to see it full slate of a games for a Wednesday. So very nice to see there with baseball and a softball getting into a full swing at the local level there. All right. Uh, so uh, let's move on uh, from other things from uh, last night as the NCAA tournament March Madness is officially underway as the uh, first four. They took place uh, last night there in uh, Dayton. And I watched a little bit of these games when I was at the uh, gym last night. And it was uh, first starting off Texas A&M Corpus Christi beat SEMO 75 to a 71. Ah, Thought Simo could uh, cover the uh, spread as, yes, I lost my entertainment. I had him at plus three and a half and a ah, couple baskets off. But uh, Texas A&M Corpus Christi picks up their first dub in their uh, tournament history. So uh, good luck. You get Bama now. Good luck with all that. And then also the second game was pretty entertaining, even though it was kind of low scoring. And, yeah, it was low scoring. It didn't hit the over. And what was I thinking? 
I just said that Mississippi State was the worst three-point shooters in America, and then I go ahead and I pick the over of uh, 133.5. What was I thinking? Uh, Pittsburgh ended up getting the win 60-59, to and uh, Mississippi State had a chance there at the very end. I think they were at the free throw line, uh, but missed a, a free throw, and Pitt got the rebound, and uh, that preserved the win. So uh, Pitt is on into the NCAA tournament, and they will take on the six-seed Iowa State in the Midwest region. And I guess you could say I did throw in uh, my bonus pick of entertainment. I did say Pittsburgh was going to win outright, even though the SEMO uh, plus three and a half and over 133 and a half in the Pitt and Mississippi State game didn't hit. But uh, I guess you could say I did get one win on the night. I did say that Pittsburgh was going to win. Game's going on uh, this evening, and it's also a tradition like any other. The two things that you need to do during March Madness, you need to re-download that March Madness app where you can watch every single game. And also, we need to look on our TV guides and find out what channel True TV is. And uh, so these two games will be on there tonight. Fairly Dickerson and a Texas Southern a battling for the uh, 16th seed there. The winner here in this one gets the right to lose to Purdue. Currently a Texas Southern as, man, it's just moved from an hour ago, I think. Uh, Texas Southern a favor by two and a half points in uh, this one. And uh, you know that I am having entertainment on both of these games. And uh, Nevada and Arizona, they're battling for the 11th seed, and they are going to battle to take on the Horn Frogs of TCU in the West Regional. And let's get to that entertainment here. I have Texas Southern minus 2.5, so I guess it didn't change. Uh, after all, I did lock it in at 2.5. So uh, Texas Southern will move on, and that's because Fairleigh Dickerson shouldn't even be here. That's right. If you remember, Fairleigh Dickerson, they didn't win their conference tournament, but due to some Division One regulations where Merrimack has to still has one year before they can officially join the tournament due to jumping up from Division One, Division Two to Division One, Fairleigh Dickerson. They end up in the second place and so in the conference tournament. So they slide here. They shouldn't even be here. So, of course, I'm going to pick Texas Southern there. It doesn't even matter. I didn't even look up anything on Fairleigh Dickerson because I thought it was ridiculous that they're even here. So I'm going Texas Southern uh, minus two and a half there. In this one, I had to really uh, find something because I didn't want to pick the over 135 and a half. That is kind of intriguing there and I would anticipate it happening and I would anticipate it happening I looked at the first half line as well uh, the overhitting in the first half but I'm actually going to go uh, first half total but I'm going to have Arizona winning the first half by one to five points kind of odd entertainment there but uh, that's really the only play I like I think Arizona State would cover the two points but I don't like doing that after I picked Texas Southern already uh, with that. So kind of an obscure line for entertainment, but I'm going to go Arizona State first half leading by one to five points. So that's what I got for tonight for the uh, Sun Devils. And uh, coming up here in a little bit after I run down some other national sports and some other news, uh, East and Midwest brackets coming up for you here and uh, I'm going to run through uh, my bracket picks and uh, see how far I have Purdue. And do I have Houston making it to uh, the uh, final four there in Houston? Well, 
We'll find out, and we'll find out if I have some upsets in there as well coming up in a little bit. All right, so uh, let's get to uh, some NBA action uh, from last night in the association. The Cavs, they be the Hornets, 120-104. The Wizards, 117-97 over Detroit. Uh, the Raptors, 125 over the Nuggets, 110. Jokic, what are you doing? Off night for him, only 28 points, only 8 rebounds and 7 assists. Get out of here. Fred Flane Fleet leads the way for Toronto. He knows a little bit something about March Madness. He had 36 points for Toronto last night. Lakers over the Pelicans, 123-2-104. AD gets some revenge against his former team, 35 points, 17 rebounds. For AD there. Thunder, they beat the Nets 121 to 107. Shea Giltress Alexander goes off for 35 in the dub for OKC. Spurs over the Magic 132 to 114. Bucks, they get the win over the Suns 116 to 104. And I believe last night they're the first team in the association to clinch a playoff berth as Giannis. Only two assists shy of a triple-double, 36 points, 11 boards in the win. And did Brooke Lopez kind of get in a little scuffle last night? I saw that he had to be held back by a couple of assistants trying to protect Giannis. They're saying he's got his back. But uh, Bucks getting the win over Phoenix. And the Knicks get the win over the Trailblazers, 123-107. to Dame Lillard making some comments, making uh, some quote-worthy uh, comments about him not liking how the direction that the NBA is uh, going in these days. Hey, you made your bet in Portland. You have to lie in it now. 38 points for Dame Lillard last night in the loss. Games going on uh, this evening. 76ers, Cavs, the Grizzlies, Heat, Kings. It's the Bulls there in the house that MJ built. Lakers, Rockets, Celtics, Timberwolves, Mavericks, Spurs, Warriors, and Clippers. Two games on ESPN tonight, 76ers and Cavs and the Warriors and the Clippers. Doubleheader on the mothership tonight. All right. What else we got? We got the NHL from last night, and I didn't even realize that it was this game. I heard that it was going to happen, but I didn't even realize that – Last night was the night for this. I completely uh, forgot about it. I saw a commercial on ESPN about it. But the Rangers, they defeated the Capitals last night a 5-3. to three. No Ovechkin last night, but Patrick Kane did score a goal. I think Tarasenko uh, did as well. Uh, but the Rangers scored three goals in the first period. But if you didn't hear about this, this was actually something cool that they did on the uh, broadcast on ESPN and uh, Disney. They had a little collaboration where uh, this TV show, I don't have any kids or anything, so I don't know anything about big city greens, but uh, the NHL did something really cool uh, with uh, this one. Uh, They actually had a 3D technology, and uh, they had 3D animations of uh, the players that are on the ice in live, and so... It was uh, pretty cool, and the referee was a chicken, came out there calling penalties there, I believe, and the broadcasters were also in studio. They had uh, themselves uh, hooked up to where they were animated as well. It featured live, real-time 
volumetric animations of players and teams modeled after characters on the Emmy Award-winning show Big City Greens on Disney ESPN Plus and Disney XD. The virtual game will take place took place in the big city's Times Circle and will feature animated avatars of actual players in the NHL game. A la if a Rangers player takes a slap shot, the player model will take a slap shot on the game. So this is something that was cool. And if you had kids, they probably loved it because uh, if they loved this show, it was a very cool thing that they did with this uh, 3D animation. And it was cool because it was actually a live game and whatnot. So it was uh, very cool to see, and hopefully uh, some kids enjoyed it out there as well, and maybe got them interested in uh, some hockey as well as I'm watching uh, live uh, highlights of it right now. And uh, these uh, characters do look pretty funny and whatnot. I still haven't seen that uh, chicken, though. Look at that guy. Look at that guy's avatar. <laughs> yes, as I do see now uh, the chicken giving an in-game interview here on these highlights of this article. So uh, that was something kind of cool and uh, something uh, to get the kiddos involved with and maybe get them interested in the game of hockey. So something cool there. Uh, other games elsewhere, Hurricanes, they beat the Jets 5-3. to Lightning 4-1 to over the Devils. Golden Knights 5-3 to over the Flyers. Canadians, four goals in the first period, and they didn't stop there. They won 6-4 to over the Penguins. Preds 2-1 to over the Red Wings. Blackhawks 6-3 over the Bruins. What are you doing? Must have been a night off for Boston. Four goals in the third period for the Blackhawks. And uh, Radish goes off. Taylor Radish goes off for a hat trick in the third period as well. Edmonton, they pick up the win over the Senators 6-3. Leon Dreisaitl picked up a couple of goals. And now that has him 100 points on the season. And... That joins his teammate, Connor McDavid, with 100, 100 points this season as well. So, man, two of the best teammates in the game right there, Connor McDavid and Drysdale, a great 1A and 1B punch, Batman and Robin up there in Edmonton. Uh, the Coyotes, they beat the Flames 4-3 in OT. Canucks 5-2 over the Stars. Kings also 5-2 over the Islanders. And this was probably the game of the night in the NHL. High-scoring affair there between the Blue Jackets and Sharks. Columbus got the win there in overtime, 6-2-5 in there, including Johnny Goudreau, the uh, kind of like the golden star for the Blue Jackets in the offseason. They acquired him three assists, but two goals, including the game winner. So have yourself a night, Johnny Goudreau, even though it's a tough season there for Columbus. 21-38-7. and Definitely not uh, what they thought that they were going to be uh, coming into the season. We do have some games on tonight, only four. We got the Sabres, Capitals, Islanders, Ducks, and uh, the two games on TNT tonight are playing uh, Maple Leafs and uh, the uh, Blues. Squaring off against the Wild there in St. Louis tonight there. So that's something to check out this evening. All right, so let's switch things over to the World of Baseball Classic. And, of course, Eric is not here, so I can talk as much about the World Baseball Classic as I want to. As I mentioned, 
Cuba and Australia, they already played a quarterfinal game last night. That's right. Cuba is already a winner in the quarterfinals over Australia. The Cuba won in the five-way tie there in Pool A. They're on to the semifinals already, and uh, they defeated Australia last night or early this morning or early yesterday morning, four to uh, three, as the game was in Japan. There, I think it was early. Uh, this morning, and Cuba advances past the quarterfinals for the first time since 2006 in the World Baseball Classic. There, so uh, they will await the uh, winners, and they'll play on a Sunday. They'll wait the winners of Venezuela, who end up winning Pool D. They clinched it as they're three and zero. They'll look to go to four and zero later as they play Israel, I think. And uh, then in Pool C, we'll wait who the runner-up is because. Things are still not decided, and I'll talk about all those uh, scenarios coming up in just a little bit. But Cuba, they picked up the win. They're on. It was uh, Venezuela. Looks like they're going to go on to win against Israel, so it looks like they'll uh, finish 4-0 and uh, winner of Pool D there. And uh, the runner-up of Pool D, that has yet to be decided. So uh, crucial games going on uh, tonight and uh, tomorrow. And really tonight, I guess you'd say, just tonight. So uh, you got coming up here in just a little bit, it's Mexico versus Canada. And yesterday, uh, Canada, or Mexico, they picked up the 2-1 to win over Great Britain. Close game there. Uh, but Mexico just squeaking out a win. And uh, Colombia lost to a Canada 5 to nothing. So uh, that sets up Canada and Mexico both 2-1 in Pool C. So it's basically a win and advance for Mexico or Canada. Mexico does have the tiebreaker over USA. So if the USA, they uh, beat Colombia tonight, that means Mexico would win Pool C. And that means uh, they would face the runner-up in Pool D. And uh, the uh, winner or the uh, loser are basically whoever comes in second place in the USA and Mexico. That would mean if Mexico wins tonight and the USA wins, that means USA would be uh, the runners-up. And uh, so uh, they would play Venezuela and Mexico would play either the winner of a win or go home matchup between Puerto Rico and the Dominican Republic coming up later on this evening as again whoever wins this is going on to the quarterfinals between Puerto Rico and Dominican Republic so uh, Dominican Republic just stacked with people left and right major league talent Johnny Cueto is going to be on the bump for the win and go home. And Puerto Rico, of course, led by our guy Yadier Molina there. So definitely a looking out for that game in Miami coming up at 6 o'clock tonight. And then Mexico and Canada, they'll, they'll uh, start at about 2 o'clock. So uh, coming up here in just a little bit, actually. And then later on tonight at 9 o'clock, United States against uh, Colombia. As United States, they win. They win Pool C depending on what happens between Mexico and Canada. And if uh, Canada wins, they're 3-1, and one, so they would go on. And obviously uh, uh, the United States uh, would be the head-to-head victors over Canada there. And that's why if U.S. wins and Mexico wins, Mexico, they own the head-to-head tiebreaker there. 
this would just throw a wrench into everything if Columbia somehow pulls off the upset against the the Americans tonight. And uh, some tiebreakers will have to be decided there, as I'm sure they'll run through the broadcast. But you will know by the time that U.S. and Columbia is about to begin uh, what U.S. needs to do uh, to advance or not. So uh, in, well, they know what they need to do. They need to win more than anything, and that's just first and foremost. But uh, they need to figure out the run differential, then maybe uh, no no real run differential. Now that I'm talking through it, it would just be uh, head-to-head stuff there. Uh, so they'll wait to see what happens. If they, uh, I think no matter what, they need to win. U.S. needs to win. If they uh, lose this game, Mexico and Canada would both get in. I think, even though, well, I don't know how the tiebreakers would work with USA and Canada. I mean, USA beat them head to head, and I don't think that I think that should matter over run differential and whatnot. But basically, bottom line, the Americans have to win tonight more than anything. So let's just get that out of our our brains and let's just win tonight against Colombia. And also that Puerto Rico Dominican Republic game should be uh, outstanding uh, tonight as well. So definitely I'll be checking on that. And then bright and early tomorrow morning at 5 a.m. It's Italy and Japan in the other quarterfinal matchup there in uh, Tokyo, and that will uh, be the other semifinal. Um, and Colombia is on the other side of the bracket there so i'll tell you more about that tomorrow and we'll know who japan or italy advances on japan obviously are the heavy favorites in that one all right so i'll talk more about it tomorrow but i did see uh, that um the cardinals shouldn't be affected too much uh by this i do know there are four teams that uh, probably will be affected uh, by this severely with MLB having to take over their broadcasts. But um, <laughs> I'm sorry. I just saw something on uh, on Twitter that kind of took me by surprise there. But uh, <laughs> uh, Bally Sports, uh, they are owned by uh, the Diamond Sports Group, and uh, they um, – have Bally Sports, and they filed a for Chapter 11 bankruptcy there. So uh, MLB talking about whether they're going to have to pick up the streaming rights of some of these teams, including the Cardinals and Blues that are broadcast on Bally Sports. And so uh, this is going to be something big that I'll have to dive deep into. But uh, late last night, uh Diamond Sports Group filed uh, bankruptcy as they still say they're gonna they're gonna continue operations during the uh, bankruptcy proceedings and the Cardinals shouldn't be uh, affected uh, by this. But uh, this is could be a trickle down effect on how we watch games. And didn't we just have this uh, whole battle with uh, Directv or not Directv or Dish or whatnot of blacking out games and not being available to uh, watch Cardinal games? And now we have to deal with this. A parenting company filing for bankruptcy. Uh, that's something that we really have no control over uh, whatsoever. I did um, see something last night about something weird about uh, the PJ Tour wanted to uh, control, not really control. I'm trying to find the best word, uh, but regulate ball distances. 
uh, and actually put a limit on ball distances on how far people can drive the golf ball in um, events. What is that? That's not good, right? Control or man, uh, mandate or uh, restrict how far people can drive the golf ball? That doesn't seem uh, very cool at all. Doesn't seem very fun. So uh, that's definitely something that's uh, worth uh, diving into when I have a little bit more time. But uh, I got more pressing. I got more pressing stuff to uh, get to uh, here today. I got to run through. Uh, my brackets. I got to run through the East and Midwest uh, brackets for you. And again, uh, go on to ESPN and join our bracket challenge. And you can play along with Eric and I. And I'll be back to reveal the West brackets tomorrow. And that's, of course, where we find uh, the affair. But I also wanted to mention tonight before we completely move on and completely uh, reveal the East and Midwest brackets for me in the bracket challenge. Uh, good luck to uh, the uh, women fighting Illini tonight as they're there in South Bend, Notre Dame. I saw them there. They're already uh, there. I saw that the men, they've already uh Arrived there in Iowa. They're up against Mississippi State tonight for the uh, women for the right for the 11th seed. We shouldn't even have to fight for the right to be in this. But, uh, well, I guess it's, uh, as always, per use, it's the Illini against the world. And uh, so uh, good luck to uh, the women of Fighting Illini uh, there. Hopefully uh, they win the game and get into uh, the uh, tournament. Definitely uh, be cheering for uh, the uh, ladies coming up here tonight. All right, so here we go. Well, let's talk about the uh, West region for the NCAA tournament March Madness. As I pull up my March Madness notes uh, that I had from yesterday, news and notes running through. As of course, I don't really need to run through this matchup at all here in the. Um, East Purdue, they're matching up against either uh, Texas Southern or Fairleigh Dickerson, whoever wins tonight. And I'm just going to go ahead and say it. Some of these teams in the first four, they always seem to make a run, but it's not going to be any of the 16s as this is just going to be the winner uh, to fight to right to lose to Zach Eady and the uh, Boilermakers. Uh, one thing that is kind of concerning about Purdue, they're 4-4 four and four in their last eight games entering the Big Ten tournament, and then they had that big lead against Penn State, and then it just evaporated there late in the game, and Penn State ended up, if they would have had a better final possession, they could have easily uh, tied it or uh, won the game. Uh, there, so uh, that is a little bit concerning there about Purdue, and we all know about the success of Big Ten winners in the uh, Big Dance uh, as of late. But no matter who wins the game tonight, I would easily pick Purdue uh, over whoever wins tonight. Uh, they'll take on the winner of the eight-nine matchup between Memphis and uh, FAU. Memphis entering the American Athletic Conference Championship game against Houston. They had only lost four games since January 1st, and two of those came against Houston, and the other loss came in overtime. And, of course, Memphis beating Houston, and I'm pretty sure it was pretty handedly uh, there as well. So uh, Memphis looks to be a poised coming into this as FAU as, as well 
If you remember, the Owls, they had a 20-game win streak that began in November and that was snapped in early February. But, of course, during that 20-game win streak, who did they beat? And that is the one problem with the Owls is that even though they're the uh, nine seed, they are still don't really have a good win on their resume. So uh, that's why I have Memphis winning in this game. I like to cheer for the underdog, and I think FAU I did see them come come and go in the top 25, jump up in the top 25, and then, and then I think that when they lost that 20-game win streak, they kind of fell off. Uh, the table on the top 25 rankings, but I'm going to go Purdue here or Memphis uh, here in uh, this one. Then you got the number five seed Dukies as they'll take on the 12 seed Oral Roberts, and this is an intriguing matchup as Duke they got off to a five and a four star in ACC play, but now the good thing is for the Blue Devils is that they're getting healthy at the right time and they're one of the hottest teams coming in to the big dance as Jeremy Roach, Lively the second, and Whitehead all have missed key stretches due to injuries and uh, Duke does have wins over Xavier, Miami, Iowa, and they also uh, played into the ACT Tournament Championship and won it over Virginia as well. So uh, I think that it was a kind of a rocky start to the tenure there for John Shire. Obviously a lot to live up to with uh, Coach K and Duke making a run all the way to the Final Four against North Carolina. Uh, but Duke has turned it around and they're getting healthy at the right time and they're also playing well at the right time as well. On the other side, you got the 12 seed, Oral Roberts. And yes, they do still have a a player that was around from their Sweet 16 trip in 2001, and that's Max Albums. As he was a sophomore, and he was the one of the big scorers to lead Oral Roberts to that Sweet 16 run. Uh, they shot 59% from inside the arc and 37% from beyond three-point range since January 1st, and they had also won 18 games in a row. So. But just like Dukies, they are playing good, and they are playing well. And I know a lot of people... The 12-5 is a pretty popular upset, uh, but I'm not going with the upset here. I am going to go Duke in uh, this situation as I'm hoping a lot out of the Dukies and I'm hoping I don't put my eggs in the wrong basket. Uh, then the next matchup is Tennessee. They're the four seed and they'll match up against the 13 seed Louisiana. The four seed of Volunteers. They are first in adjusted defensive efficiency for the entire season. And a little stat there of the last nine teams that finished first in the adjusted defense efficiency in Kempom. Five reached the Elite Eight or beyond in their respective seasons. And only one, the 2020-21 Memphis, which won the NIT, failed to reach the Sweet 16. So I guess they were successful in another tournament, but... Just not the big dance there. Uh, Rick Barnes' squad, they're the best defensive team in America, and they could have some offensive challenges, though, and that's kind of been one of the problems for them down the stretch. They finished 4-6 and six in their last 10 games there, and they also their point guard went down to a season-ending ACL injury, and so that could be a, a big uh, factor for the uh, volunteers there. But uh, who's going to win out? The defense or uh, one of their better players uh, being out for the rest of the season. Louisiana on the other side, Jordan Brown. He's hopped around from a couple of different stops. He was a McDonald's All-American. He signed with Nevada after high school for the 2018-2019 season. Then he transferred to Arizona and played in the 
2020-2021 season. And then they fired Sean Miller after that. And then he comes and makes his stop here to Louisiana. And he is just as talented as he was hyped up to be for the McDonald's All-American. He's all Sunbelt first teamer. He averaged 19 points a game this season, almost nine rebounds a game. And the uh, Louisiana lost to Texas 172 back in December. And he had 20 points in that game. And so is Jordan Brown good enough to carry him against Tennessee? I don't think so. I am picking Tennessee here in uh, this one. And I wouldn't be surprised if Louisiana wins, especially with the injury that Tennessee has. But I think just their defense is good enough. They're the best defensive team in America. And so I think it's just enough to at least get them one win here and advance to take on Duke. Kentucky. Oh, Kentucky take me home as they're the sixth seed. They're taking on the 11th seed of Friars from Providence. Kentucky, what happened? You're the preseason SEC favorites, and you were fresh off a loss to a 15 seed last year, and you're two years removed from a nine-win season. That hot seat, or that seat's getting hot there for John Calipari entering this season. And, of course, in the offseason, him and uh, Coach Stoops for the football program, kind of got into it a little bit about whether they were a football school or a basketball school. Uh, but uh, they did bounce back this season, and they ha- actually have had a pretty uh, decent season. Uh, they do have the reigning Wooden Award winner, Oscar Shashibi, and uh, he also has a talented group that has found their rhythm in the last 16 games. They're 11-5 and five during that stre- during that stretch. I do have some head-scratching losses, though, to South Carolina and uh, Georgia. And also injuries could be a concern as well as uh, they have three different players that have battled some injuries that they've missed time with in the last few weeks. The 11 seed of Friars, after starting the season, they are off to an amazing start. 14-3 and overall, 6-0 and in Big East play. They had wins over Marquette and UConn. Well, then they stumbled a little bit. They were 7-8 and eight over their next 15 games, and it ended in the quarterfinals with a loss to UConn. They uh, used to have rugged defenders, but this group doesn't really fit the Ed Cooley profile of that. And during that 7-8 and eight stretch, the Friars were 154th in adjusted defense efficiency, and they were just a sweet 16 a year ago. And uh, we'll see if they have what it takes to get back there to the Sweet 16. But I do think that is good enough due to the injuries and due to some of the turmoil that Kentucky has. I know that they want to make it out of the first round this year, but to add to the flames underneath the seat, I have Providence getting the win over the Wildcats, and they move on to the second round. Will they face another Wildcat? We'll find out. Three-seeded Kansas State against the 14-seeded Montana State. Uh, the three seed at K State, Coach Jeremy Tang, after they rushed the floor of their in state rival after beating Kansas. And it was a seven game losing streak against the Jayhawks on January 17th. He stood on a table and he told the KU fans that this was nice that they rushed the floor, 
but we're not going to do it anymore because this is the new normal, and I absolutely love that. 23 wins, their highest win total since 2018-2019, and they have a good resume with victories over the Jayhawks, Texas, and they beat Baylor twice as well. And they also had that Florida transfer, Katon Johnson, and he was actually one of the players that collapsed on the floor uh, with Florida not too long ago uh, during his tenure there with the uh, Gators. Uh, Marquise Noel also is another big player. They were both all Big 12 first-teamers. timer, first -teamers. And from February 1st on to the end of the regula re regular season, however, Kansas State committed turnovers on 21% of their possessions, ranking 340th out of 363 D1 teams. So that could be concerning if they don't cut down on the uh, turnovers there for the Wildcats. But I, I love that. They said, all right, we brushed the floor against KU this time, but we're not doing it anymore. This is the new normal. Absolutely love that. And I love Kansas State to get the win here. So I do have Providence matching up with Wildcats in the back-to-back -back rounds. Um, Montana State, you know, it's uh, kind of nice that uh, Danny Sprinkle, he was a player back in the 1996 tournament team, and now he's uh, taking them over, and he took over last year, and uh, he led them back to the NCAA tournament for the first time since that 96 uh, tournament appearance. But it's a nice storyline, but eh, I don't think it lasts very long. I think Kansas State wins this one. Old Sparty, Michigan State, they're here at the seventh seed. And uh, this isn't one of uh, Tom Izzo's most talented squads, but they have beaten some good teams on their resume, Kentucky, Indiana, and Maryland. And they also finished off their regular season with an 11-8 record in a Big Ten play. Tyson Walker, of course, leads the way for Sparty. A.J. Hogard as well, and Hauser as well as 45% of from three. They're taking on the 10 seed USC. And uh, Boogie Ellis leads the way for the Trojans. He's 39% from beyond the arc, 18 points a game. Uh, they also have another uh, all-Pac-12 first-teamer, Drew Peterson, as well. And it led USC to holding its Pac-12 opponents to 42% clip from inside of the arc. And they've scored 80 points or more 11 times this season. And that's why this is not like the squads of Izzo past. So that's why I'm taking USC over Michigan State. And it's the Big Ten in the Big Ten tournament. What do you expect? Or in the big tournament, what do you expect? It's the two-seed of Marquette over Vermont against Mar Vermont. I just kind of spoiled it there, but... I do think that the two is going to be over the 15. And Marquette, they were predicted to be ninth in the Big East preseason. But Shaka Smart, I didn't even know he was the coach there for the Golden Eagles. But he is. And he lost three of the four top scorers from last year's squad. And he lost in the first game in the Big East and NCAA tournaments last year. But hey, they won the regular season title despite being predicted to be ninth into the conference, and they also have some good wins on their resume against Baylor, UConn, Xavier, and Creighton as well. But one bugaboo inside on the interior, Marquette, not so good as they're the worst interior defense in a Big East play. 53% clip inside of the three-point arc there. Uh, Vermont, yeah, they're a 15 seed. They... Uh, 
seventh consecutive American League East champions and its fourth tournament appearance in seven years. So uh, that means they won the conference title outright, but only won the conference tournament four times during that time. Uh, like I said, I don't really expect them to do much. I like Marquette to get out of the first round here. Um, so uh, in the second round, I got a Purdue matched up with Memphis, and I know I'm not stepping out by any means predicting anything here, but I got Memphis winning this one over Purdue, and uh, I could totally see Purdue, if they are any sort of competitors, they'll say, oh, I see everyone kind of predicting us to go out early. They're kind of predicting us to be the first number one seed to be knocked out. So it's time to prove them wrong, and it's time to uh, say, hey, uh, we're the Big Ten tournament champions. We're the Big Ten conference champions for a reason, and we're here to represent and not let the Big Ten down this season. They won't care about that last part, but they will care about uh people picking against them so early on and they're not I, I don't know a lot of people that are predicting a Purdue to go very far and that's why I only have them I have them getting bounced one and done for for Purdue uh, I think Memphis matchups pretty good if not I think the next team would knock them out anyways uh it's kind of a spoiler alert of where I see things going uh, Duke and Tennessee, that's my matchup. I got Duke uh, winning this one. I think the I am I know that I'm getting lulled into a sense of security with Duke and it'll probably be impossible for after a legendary coach gets out the door and then you return back to the final four. But I got Duke uh, winning this one over Tennessee and even if Louisiana gets here, I think Duke uh, wins this one, bub. Wouldn't that be crazy if it's either Oral Roberts or Louisiana taking on Memphis? That's just chaos that <laughs> March brings. Uh, the next matchup, I got Providence against uh, Kansas State. And I got uh, Kansas State winning uh, that one. absolutely love the uh, Wildcats. And I have uh, Marquette taking on USC. I got Marquette getting me a win here. I like the Golden Eagles as well. The redemption story uh, for uh, them. And in the Elite Eight, I got uh, Memphis, or no, the Sweet 16, Memphis and a Duke. Yeah, I already know. I already said it. I already, I'm putting too much stock in Duke. I got them winning. I got them in the Elite Eight, and this one's going to be a good game. I could see it going either way. Uh, you can't go wrong either with this one, uh, but I did end up going the safe route, and I did end up going Marquette, and so I got Marquette in the Elite Eight against Duke, and then I got Duke winning. That's right, Duke Blue Devils, they lose Coach K, but no drop-off at all whatsoever. And they're advancing on to the Final Four in Houston. Hey, speaking of the Final Four in Houston, it's another team. Houston Cougars, they're the number one seed in the Midwest region. So uh, let's do it. Let's go ahead and let's do two for the price of one here today as uh, we won't have a lot of time on a tomorrow show to go this in depth and this uh, in depth with it. And I'll probably have to pick some of the earlier games uh, with them uh, being on actually. Well, I might actually have to take a look and see what uh, games in the West region that I have to pick in the early going because uh, those games will already be tipped off by the time uh, that the show will be starting. So, That's actually a good 
a good uh, reminder. What time does March Madness start tomorrow? What am I? What are we doing? Uh, having a show on the same exact time that March is happening. March Madness. Uh, yeah, the game. The first game is uh, West Virginia Maryland. Already picked that one. Forum of Virginia already picked that one. Utah Missouri done that one. Uh, yeah, so the first game for um, the West won't be until one o'clock. So I'll be fine, and so uh, I'll be I'll be good in that aspect. So uh, I won't have a problem. I may might be distracted a little bit on the show tomorrow. Uh, like everyone else is having one eyeball on their computers and one eyeball on the rest of their work. <laughs> All right, so uh, let's go ahead and uh, let's uh, run through the uh, Midwest uh, region here. And uh, Houston, they're the number one uh, seed uh, here in uh, this region. 29 wins on the uh, regular season. And Calvin Sampson. Has done a phenomenal job there with the Cougars. And that's the fifth season that he's had 27 wins or more over the past six years. Uh, Houston entered the AAC tournament with an 11-game winning streak. And their only loss was December 10th. And, of course, losing in the championship game to Memphis, as I just stated not too long ago. Marcus Sasser, 17 points a game, 38% from beyond the arc. He's a potential All-American, and he's dealing with some injuries, though. So uh, he suffered a groin injury in the AAC tournament, and I don't believe they had him in the championship game either, and it definitely showed. So uh, that's definitely concerning uh, for Houston. But uh, they also have another projected lottery pick in uh, Jars Walker, and uh, Jawan Roberts is also... Uh, one of five Cougars averaging 10 or more per game. And, of course, the big bugaboo on Houston is always, can they compete with the best teams in America after playing in a league that ranked ninth in the Ken Palm rankings? It ranked even worse than Gonzaga's conference and West Coast conference. So, And then the health of Sasser will also be, determine how far uh, Houston can go in this one. They're up against the 16 seed in Northern Kentucky, and Coach Horn has found his place there at Northern Kentucky. He was 23 and 41 in the SEC as a head coach at South Carolina. They fired him in 2012. He took over the Northern Kentucky job, and this is his first NCAA tournament berth as a head coach, and it's also Northern Kentucky's third since 2017. And uh, uh, they're seven and one in their last eight games. They won the Horizon League tournament because of their defensive pressure. They forced turnovers on nearly one fourth of their opponents' per, uh, possessions. But they're facing Houston, and I don't care what conference Houston plays in. They're still better than Northern Kentucky. I got Houston moving on to the next round. Next. Iowa, they're the AC. Their matchup against the nine seed Auburn. Of course, Iowa. We know the story. Chris Murray withdrew his name from the NBA draft and returned to Coach McCaffrey's program. And he averaged 20 points a game this season. And why wasn't he in the conversation just like his brother in the um, Big Ten player of the year a year ago? Uh, why did we just automatically hand it over to Zach Eady when you had Murray in the conversation, Pickett in the conversation as well? We'll get to uh, Pickett and Penn State here in a little bit. But, uh, man, Iowa, 
you know, they have had some good wins. They have Indiana. They beat Michigan State. They beat Illinois. And they finished 11-9 and in the Big Ten. Uh, but, man, they finished a top five in the offense efficiency. But uh, they also let up a heck of a lot of points on defense. I just remember that game against Michigan State. Uh, there was a lot of points scored in that game. And kind of just like Iowa this entire season, and just like Big Ten and most of these tournament teams, up and down, up and down season for uh, the Hawkeyes. Prior to the NCAA tournament, they're four and five in their last nine games. So, uh, what Iowa team is going to show up? Are they going to score more points than the other team? I don't know. Uh, Auburn, they have had some close losses. I was listening to Fitz and Harry uh, this past week, and they had Coach Pearl on uh, talking about all those close games. Look at all these close games that uh, Coach Pearl's had by three or fewer points: USC, West Virginia, Tennessee, Vanderbilt. Arkansas, and they also have had five-point losses to Texas A&M, and they lost to Alabama in overtime, and then again a three-point loss against Arkansas in the opening round of the SEC tournament. So uh, close losses is the name of the game, and uh, man, four and a nine record entering in their last 13 games. Uh, Despite that rocky finish, uh, they do have four Auburn players in double figures. And so uh, that's why this is the Big Ten. This is March. We can't win in March. Iowa, I'm not going to pick Coach McCaffrey. Are you kidding me? Get out of here. Get out of the tournament. Auburn gets the win here. They're close. They're all those close losses, uh, not in the NCAA tournament. I got them advancing on. Miami scoring off against uh, Drake in the 5-12 matchup. Uh, Miami shared the league title with uh, Virginia, but then were bounced in the semifinals of the ACC tournament. They were 8-1 in their last nine games prior to the ACC tournament. Isaiah Wong leads the team as he was the ACC player of the year. They do have some good wins on their resume. Providence, Rutgers, Virginia, Duke. But they do have trouble protecting in the rim, allowing opponents to connect on 60% of their attempts from inside the arc between February 1st and the end of the regular season. And also, uh, one of their better players, kind of like their second or third option, suffered an ankle injury in the ACC tournament. So uh, he may not return, and that's going to be a, a big thing for the Hurricanes. They're up against Drake. And uh, Coach Daveries and his son, Tucker Daveries, they are just what the feel-good story you need in a March. They won the Missouri Valley Conference Tournament. They're 6-2 and two in their last 18 games. They connected 54% of their shots inside the arc and 40% during that stretch uh, from outside the arc. And they rank top 50th in adjusted defensive efficiency. And they can play legit defense. They can hit the three. They don't turn the ball over out at all. So I do have some injury concerns for Miami. So that's why I'm never a big believer in Miami anyways. And the ACC with it being down this year. So I have Drake advancing on. I have the 12 over the 5 matchup there. Indiana matching up against uh, Kent State. Trace Jackson Davis, you know the story. And also a projected NBA a first round draft pick, Jalen Hood Shafino as well. Talk about Jekyll and Hyde. Indiana wins a big game, then they'll lose immediately the next game out. So again, hot and cold. What team is going to show up for Indiana? They were a 3-3 three and three stretch. Uh, down down the way towards the end of the season. 
and uh, they uh, failed to finish in the top 100 nationally in adjusted offense or defensive efficiency uh, as well. And uh, entering the Big Ten tournament, Hoosiers hadn't won back-to-back games since February. So that's a big concern. I don't know how far Indiana can go here in this, but uh, I am picking Indiana to get by uh, Kent State. Uh, you know, uh, Kent State in November, they had a 10-point lead in the first half against Houston. Uh, they would eventually lose that game, and uh, they also uh, trailed it uh, by only four points to Gonzaga at Gonzaga. They would eventually lose that game as well. They're also 10-1 and in their last 11 games, and Sincere Carey is probably the person that you need to look out for here. Uh, but I got Indiana in uh, this one, or at least that's what I'm hoping for. Uh, anyways, Kent State, right for the picking there. Uh, they would definitely love to smell an upset, but I don't think it happens. I think Indiana, Trace Jackson Davis, just too good. Don't know what it spells for the next game out for the Hoosiers with the way their season's gone, but I do have Indiana getting the win over Kent State. Number six, Iowa, uh, is, uh, or number six, Iowa State, excuse me. Man, this is a team that is kind of Jekyll and Hyde as well. In November, they beat then the number one North Carolina at the Phil Knight Invitational in Portland. And they're also off to a 4 0 star in Big 12 play. And uh, then they also have uh, great wins on their resume Baylor twice, Texas, Kansas, and a Kansas State, all the heavy hitters in the Big 12. But after that 4 0 start in Big 12 play, they went 5-10 and 10 in their next 15 games. And entering the Big 12 tournament, they lost seven of their last eight road games. So, man, what is going on with Iowa State? And also one of their better players earlier in the season was dismissed from the program. He cited mental health issues and stepped away from the team. And so that's a big concern for Iowa about that. And you just don't know which team is going to show up. Is it going to be the ones that... Uh, you know, had those impressive wins over North Carolina, Baylor, Kansas, Texas, or the one that 5-10 and ten in uh, that stretch of 15 games. And uh, they're taking on uh, Pitt now as they won. So uh, no matter what here, I had whoever won last night. I, that's why I have, I think, their Iowa State. They have good wins on their resume. But I, I like Pittsburgh and this one. Always one of those first four teams always make a run here, and that's who I'm going to have make a run here is uh, Pitt. They get the win over Iowa State. Next matchup is Xavier over against uh, Kennesaw State. Sean Miller, this team won the uh, NIT last year, and they had the bulk of those returners uh, come back this year. They have good wins on their resume. They beat UConn twice, Marquette. West Virginia, Creighton, and five players on their roster average double figures. And one has missed nine games in the final weeks of the regular season, and he won't return for a foot injury. And team, though, the Musketeers were 6-3 and three in those games that that player missed. So uh, we'll see how far that, that can carry him, but they do have some good wins in uh, hey, they won the NIT last year, and they carried the momentum. And that's why you join the NIT. You know, you have Xavier and what? Uh, the next team, one of the next teams I'm going to talk about, Texas A&M. They were in the championship game. That's why you play in the NIT to try to get some momentum for next season. And it just goes to show you, 
when those two teams were in the championship game of the NIT, now they're in the big dance. So we'll see how that works out. As I do have Xavier winning in this one, Kennesaw State. I didn't even know this, but Amir Abdul-Rahim is the coach of Kennesaw State in his first season in the Owls he in 2019-2020. He had just one win, and Chicago State was the only team that finished lower than Kennesaw State in the Kimpom final rankings. Three years later, they're here in the NCAA tournament for the first time as a Division I program. They beat Liberty. They also shared the Atlantic Sun championship with them, and then they end up winning it in the tournament. And they're just happy to be here. So they've already won. They've already made the first time in program history. So uh, they're not going to go very far. Xavier getting the win. This is what I was talking about. The other team from the NIT last year, Texas A&M. As Buzz Williams, they carried a lot of momentum from that, uh, making a run in the NIT. They finished one game behind Alabama in the title race, and they lost to him in the championship. They uh, swept both Missouri and Auburn. They also have good wins on their resume from Tennessee, Arkansas, and Alabama as well. One thing that is a bugaboo for uh, the Aggies, they don't shoot the ball fairly well. Uh, they're just 32% uh, from beyond the arc in SEC play. So that's a big concern. And uh, one thing, though, that they do do well, they shoot free throws well. They're the best free throw shooting in the SEC at 78%. They're against uh, the 10 seed of Penn State, Jalen Pickett. Of course, he returned back after a possible transfer. But he came back on. He's had a great season. He was snubbed on the All-Big Ten first team he was a unanimous selection for the media but not for the coaches so maybe that can have a motivation uh, Penn State nearly half of their shots have come from the three-point arc at 48.2 percent and uh, they also one of the worst defensive units in the Big Ten they're 11th in defense efficiency there so I think that dooms Penn State and I have another Big Ten team going out here I have Texas A&M getting the win and it's really all because I want in the second round matchup. Texas, they're the two seed. And, of course, they have kind of rallied around each other as Chris Beard was dismissed after that domestic violence allegations. And the assistant, Rodney Terry, took over. And he's done great. 16-7 and seven in the regular season as in the interim coach. Marcus Carr and company, 37% from their three-point attempts in the last four weeks leading into the Big 12 championship. They have some uh, good wins on their resume. They just beat uh, Kansas. They also had some road games against TCU and uh, Baylor. And uh, one thing, though, that I just talked about Maryland the other day, they're great at home. Just one loss there in Austin, but... They've lost their last five road games entering the Big 12 tournament, but they did beat Kansas pretty handily in the Big 12 tournament championship. And they do have an injury, though, uh, that kept one of their stars out of the Big 12 tournament. So uh, we'll see how the health it is for Texas. But I have Texas moving on against Colgate as uh, about the only thing that's an interesting fact for them 
is that, yes, they are named after the Colgate family uh, that made their fortune with toothpaste and other health products. And they also have made uh, sizable donations to the university as well. So there you go. That's the only fun clip that you need to know about Colgate. So I have Texas winning in that matchup. So in the second round, the round of 32, I have Houston to match up with Auburn. And I have Houston advancing over this one as I know that Sasser injury, I know, it's concerning for the Cougars, but I have them at least winning one more round. Drake versus Indiana in this one. I would love to pick Drake here, but uh, call me a Big Ten homer in this one. Uh, I got Indiana here in uh, this one. I think they pick up the dub. The next one, I got Pitt and Xavier. I think Xavier is just too good. I like them a lot, and uh, I'm going to pick them over Pitt. Texas A&M, Texas. I would love to pick uh, Texas A&M with an upset here, but I love Texas. I've loved them all season long, and uh, I want Texas to advance here. So I got Texas over Texas A&M. So that means in the Sweet 16, I got Houston versus Indiana. And I actually have, I know, dangerous to do this, but one Big Ten team always goes in a run in the uh, tournament. Last year was Michigan. And I have Indiana this year. They get the victory over the Cougars. Am I a closet Hoosier fan? No, certainly not. But I have Indiana. I know just like I'm putting too much stock in Duke, I'm putting too much stock in Indiana and Coach Woodson. But uh, if they play to their potential, they should beat Houston uh, with the injuries that they have. And so I like Indiana in that one. Texas and Xavier, that'll be a heavyweight matchup. I went back and forth on this one, uh, but I got Texas, and I got Texas coming out in the Elite Eight. I got Texas going all the way to the uh, Final Four. And uh, so uh, right now, three out of the four are revealed for me. Final Four, Alabama, Duke, and Texas. Duke and Texas were revealed today there and make sure you stay tuned for tomorrow where i break down the west bracket and of course that's where we find illinois fighting illini how far do i have the illini going well you'll just have to stick around tomorrow to find out all right guys i think that uh, i have uh, talked long enough and i think that uh, pretty much does it here uh, for me on today's show again don't forget to join the bracket challenge over on the website and over on fmradio.com. We got the link directly there. Also, if you want to search it on ESPN, it's 98.9. Or the starting lineup, 98.9 is the group you can compete against Eric and I. And um, the picks that I'm throwing out here, I'm not changing as I have told you what my bracket looks like here on the show. So I'm not making any second guess choices here. My bracket is already done and dusted. So uh, just kind of revealing the picks along with you. So, And I'll reveal the uh, West brackets uh, tomorrow. So I will get out of here for the uh, day. And I'll be back for you with more great St. Patrick music as we get ready for the green day and so uh i'll be back tomorrow on the air 11 a.m to noon over on 98.9 and i'll be back here on the podcast as well and so thanks for listening thanks for downloading and i will talk to you tomorrow peace out goodbye